All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a February 16th edition of the Daily Face-Off Show. Frank Saravalli and Tyler Yurumchuk, just a couple of guys in quarter zips talking about hockey, and we got a pretty <laughs> loaded show coming up. We are going to preview one of the best rivalries in hockey. We'll have another chapter later on tonight. Chris Peters will stop by and talk about that. We got Trade Talk. And one of the one of the game's goats hit another big milestone. We'll get into it all. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with a pretty juicy rumor that Frank Saravalli floated out yesterday on Twitter. It was a Frank bomb, if you want to call it that. Frank, the idea of Marc-Andre Fleury potentially returning to the Golden Knights. What are you hearing? Well, it was flatly denied by Kelly McCrimmon, the Vegas Golden Knights general manager, so wanted to acknowledge that, but also that uh, I trust my reporting and stand by it. I know the calls that were made in the last number of days. Um, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights, it's interesting. They denied the Marc-Andre Fleury part of the rumor, but I didn't see anyone ask Kelly McCrimmon or note anywhere about the Robin Leonard injury, which is such a central part of the discussion. As I reported in the story on dailyfaceoff.com, Robin Leonard has a torn labrum in his shoulder, the same shoulder that he previously tore and underwent surgery for back on October of 2020. And the Golden Knights are uncertain of his status moving forward. It's possible that Robin Leonard can finish out the season and battle through his injury. He will need surgery at some point, whether it's now, whether it's in the summer, whenever it's going to need to be taken care of. And in the meantime, are they comfortable with an injured Robin Leonard in net and Lauren Brassois? Their goaltending at the moment 
ranks 22nd in the National Hockey League in save percentage. So it hasn't been the strong point of their team throughout the season. And they've begun to do their homework on goaltenders from around the league, including, as I reported, Alexander Georgiev with the New York Rangers. The Rangers, in parentheses, by the way, would want another uh, veteran netminder to uh, help Igor Shesterkin. Uh, so that would be part of the requisite in order to make something like that happen. They could get that goalie from another team. And then, of course, to the expressed interest in potentially reuniting with Marc-Andre Fleury. Tyler, there's a lot to unpack there, a lot of fences that would need to be mended, but it makes sense on a whole number of levels for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, obviously the familiarity there, like it would be in a way kind of like a storybook feel, but like you said, a lot of fences to mend with Flurry specifically. You can see his numbers here. He's having a good season on a not so good Blackhawks team. He's got 162 career playoff games under his belt as well. Is he as good as dealt? Like, is he going to move? Would you say it's 100 percent or is it less than that? Uh, it's, it's not a hundred percent. It's getting closer. I mean, look, this is going to be a curated selection for the Chicago Blackhawks and Marc-Andre Fleury. He doesn't have any formal, no trade protection or no move clause in his contract, but I believe part of the conversation in order to get him there, you remember after how surprising that trade was that there was this talk, Hey, is he going to retire? What's going to happen? And part of that conversation, I believe with the Chicago Blackhawks was an agreement that, Hey, you're in the last year of your deal. You're deciding to move your family here to Chicago. We're only going to send you somewhere where you really want to go. I think that's the hope certainly. And then, you know, moving forward, you know, there's a lot to unpack teams that need goalies, uh, you know, even going back to the Vegas scenario or situation, is that something that Mark Andre Fleury would even be interested in or entertain? Don't know the answers to those questions. So a uh, lot to be decided, but I would think given the need and demand for goaltenders that there probably would be a fit somewhere for Mark Andre Fleury that he likes. Let's move on and talk about one of Fleury's former teammates. And isn't that like a really weird way to describe Sidney Crosby? Uh, 500 career goals for Sidney Crosby. He hits the mark last night in his 1077th career game. We have some great visuals from him scoring the goal and his teammates pouring onto the ice as well. Just a really cool moment. And I mean, it makes me feel nostalgic. I don't want to pass up an opportunity to celebrate a milestone from Crosby because, you know, who knows how many more we get, right? He's 34 years old, three years left in his contract as well. Uh, but Frank, your thoughts on Crosby hitting the 500 goal mark? Yeah, just a special night. It felt like it was destined to happen first against the Philadelphia Flyers, like any good Pittsburgh Penguin. Um, you know, certainly that no love lost there between the two teams. And, um, you know, it, it kind of what surprised me is sort of how long the Crosby watch had been on to get to this milestone. It felt like a while for you know just us watching from afar and i think probably even a bit longer for Sidney crosby and his family as well but uh just another chapter in what's been an incredible career you think about all not just the individual accolades but the team success as well the three stanley cups banners that he's helped raise in pittsburgh two con Smythe trophies in back-to-back -back years um you know I think then you start to to think about Sidney Crosby's place in the overall pantheon of the game. Where does he stack up? Well, he was the 46th player to hit 500 career goals. He's, I think you said earlier in our pre-show call, 26th in the league in all-time scoring. Where will he get to? 
how high will he climb on the list? Uh, you know, 210 or 220 points required to get inside the top 10, three years left on his deal. Will he play beyond that? I think he just, yeah, there you see it, points per game for a career. It's uh, It's been pretty special. I, Tyler, I don't have any doubt in my mind that, you know, he just needs to stay healthy and he'll get there over the remainder of this contract alone inside the top 10. Yeah, hundred percent. Like three years, if he stays healthy, 70 points in each of those seasons, 75 points to get comfortably inside the top 10, he'll do it. Uh, just quickly before we wrap this up, a couple of visuals I found uh, over, over the last night here in, in regards to this, there was a nice graphic about who's assisted on each of his goals as well that the Penguins put out. And I thought this was really interesting, a total of 107 players. And just looking through the list, I mean, there is Marc-Andre Fleury at number 81 on that list. And it was pretty neat to see all the teammates and, and kind of look through all the different eras of players as well that, that have helped out with Sidney Crosby getting to this 500 goal mark. And the last one, an Instagram post from Chris Letang uh, congratulating Sidney Crosby on it. And then you see at the bottom, uh, Evgeny Malkin congratulating himself on getting the assist on the goal. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Yeah, a yeah, classic Evgeny Malkin moment. Uh, let's circle back to a little bit more trade talk here and continue with our War Room series. Of course, the article is up at dailyfaceoff.com. Frank doing a great job outlining every team's sort of situation as we head closer to the deadline. And one situation that is certainly fascinating is out in Winnipeg, where the Jets have not met expectations this year. Frank, they're sitting 11th in the Western Conference in points percentage. Is it time for the Jets to sell off or do you think there's a chance they maybe wait till or they, they probably will wait till closer to the deadline? But is there a chance they don't sell at all? Like what, what's going on in Winnipeg? I'd be surprised if they don't sell at all. I mean, that's really the one thing about the Winnipeg Jets this season is you look at their group and you say, have they given us any reason to believe any confidence to think that this team could go on a miracle type run to get in? They're on pace for 83, 84 points. They have a lot, a significant gap to close and, and no real sense from this group as they just kind of continue to tread water that they have a run left in them. And so it's not really, you know, they're, when you look at their primary objective for this season in terms of what they need to talk about, it, it's really not in selling off their assets and their pending unrestricted free agents, Andrew Kopp, Paul Stasny, Nathan Beaulieu, Brendan Dillon I threw up there is not uh, a pending UFA. He has, of course, term on his deal, but I think there'd be real value in a player like Brendan Dillon at the deadline if they decided that they wanted to make a move like that. But it's really the questions that linger about this team and their core. I got to tell you, there's been a lot of rumblings, Tyler, over the last number of weeks that this could be Mark Shifley's last season with the Winnipeg Jets. Now, I haven't found any reason to believe that he'd be on the block before the trade deadline, but that this could be something that pops up in the summer, this type of conversation. So it's, it's, it's finding a new coach as the secondary objective and then really digging in and doing some soul searching if you're Kevin Day off and the Winnipeg Jets on what this team looks like moving forward. I think Shifley is right at the top of the list in terms of those conversations. And it's going to be a fascinating time for a core that's had a lot of success, but never has really gotten quite over the hump. Uh, 2018, of course, uh, Western Conference final. Uh, they got run over by the Vegas Golden Knights and, and haven't really been able to find that same playoff mojo since. And a team that I picked to win the Stanley Cup that I didn't think had very many holes just doesn't seem to have it. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, you're right. They seem to, I don't mo- lack of motivation is not the right word, but you just don't get that good feeling when you watch them play that they're a group that's capable of, like you said, going on a magical run. So it'll be fascinating to see if they try to hold on to things and push for one more playoff run or what happens at the deadline there. One team that is certainly getting into the playoffs, though, is the Minnesota Wild. And I mean, they're nine and one in their last 10, I believe, or eight, one and one in their last 10, second in the Western Conference, only to Colorado. When it comes to points percentage, the fascinating part about this wild team for me, Frank, is that right now they only have $4.7 million in dead cap space. This coming off season, that jumps up to $12.4 million in dead cap space. Is, is this a situation where Bill Guerin kind of with that dead cap space looming should be pushing his chips into the middle and saying, I need to give this group everything they can to compete for a Stanley Cup? Okay, so let me throw this at you. An NHL executive mentioned this to me in the last week as I was working on this story. And he said, I think the Minnesota Wild are the Western Conference version of the Toronto Maple Leafs in that wouldn't surprise anyone to see that team go on a run and actually win the Stanley Cup. They're pretty darn good as currently constituted. They'd probably like to make some moves, but every single thing that they do is all in relation to what happens next season with their cap. And they don't really have a ton of wiggle room. Like the Leafs, you know, what do you do with Jack Campbell, the Wild, all that dead cap space that you mentioned? So many difficult questions and really a delicate dance for Bill Guerin because on the one hand, you know, no one really wants to acquire a pure rental and give up significant assets to do so. But given their cap constraints next year and beyond, they're really in a spot where a pure rental on paper actually makes the most sense. You know, I mentioned a couple guys, Joe Pavelski, what a fit he would be. Um, what about Paul Stasny from the Winnipeg Jets, a team that we just talked about? Um, they need some support down the middle if you look at their primary objective. And the thing is, what do they give up? They probably don't want to trade their first round pick. Victor Rask is a guy that they've tried to move for a while. And I think Caden Al- Kalen Addison is a, is a great example of some of the prospects that the Minnesota Wild would consider using. But then again, Tyler, that brings us right back to the same spot that the Wild are at in that they really need their, their picks and their prospects to be contributing at the NHL level over the next three years on inexpensive entry-level contracts that – you know, put Bill Guerin in a kind of unenvious position. You you want to help your team in a chance to maybe kind of go all in and go for it this year. But at the same time, you need those guys later on. Yeah, you're right. It's like a fascinating pretzel they're twisted into because, yeah, you want to go all in. You want to try win the Stanley Cup. And when you look at the dead cap space, it's not like it's just one year of dead cap space either. Like it's a handful of years where they're going to be in a bit of salary cap trouble. You need guys like Kalen Addison on your back end to be able to help out. and. Yeah, it'll be really, really interesting. The Jets and Wilds, certainly two teams to watch in the Central. If you want more on this, head over to dailyfaceoff.com. Frank has the entire Central Division war room up over there. Uh, It is a big night in the hockey world. One of the best rivalries in the sport. Canada and women playing for an Olympic gold in women's hockey. Chris Peters in the next wave will preview it all. That's right. Pleased to welcome in Chris Peters for another edition of the next wave delivered by DoorDash. 
Chris has done a fantastic job covering the Olympics, not just at dailyfaceoff.com, but also on his blog at Hockey Sense. Chris, you know, this is a one of those games that does not disappoint Canada and the U.S. meeting for the gold medal in the Olympics for the sixth time in seven winter games since the sport was added. And it's like war, as you wrote in your preview on dailyfaceoff.com. What are the U.S. women going up against tonight in Canada? Well, they're going up against a steamroller, quite frankly, and probably the best team that I've seen since I've been covering you know, international hockey, um, you know, just in terms of the, the the dynamic element that Canada has. And you look at just down their scoring depth and they have four lines that can score. They have defensemen that jump into the play. They're faster and they're stronger. You know, the U.S. has lost quite a few players from that 2018 team. And you think about some of the, the heart and soul players like Megan Duggan and the, the Lamaru twins and Casey Bellamy. They're no longer there. So the team's kind of turned over partially to the younger players, but they're still Hillary Knight, Kendall Coyne, Schofield, and some of the other, some of the other veteran players. And, and they're certainly going to miss uh, Brianna Decker, who is out injured. But this Canadian team has been incredibly impressive overall. And, and uh, you know, we, we saw the, the, just the number of, of players that you see here on the screen with the scoring attack. And Sarah Nurse, 12 assists, that's tied for a record. Brianne Jenner. Nine goals tied for a record in a single tournament. So, you know, these are players that are, are playing at the very top of their game. They've waited four years for this opportunity. I think that that, that shootout loss to the U.S. left such a bad taste in their mouth. And just because Canada was on a roll at the Olympics, a lot of these women, it was their first Olympic Games. It was their first opportunity to win an Olympic gold medal. And that's what the four-year span kind of allows is that hunger to build up. And so I think this Canadian team, quite frankly, is, is a, a decisive favorite in this game, but just because they're the favorite doesn't mean that the U S doesn't have something that they can pull out of their back pocket at any time, because as we've seen, this rivalry can really come down to the very last minute. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise anyone if it did again this year, looking at how, you know, maybe some keys to the game from the USA perspective, this Canadian offense is so dangerous. For the U.S., is it going to be trying to slow them down, trying to keep up, or just trying to hope Alex Cavallini pulls one out and steals the game for him? <laughs> yeah, it might end up being a combination of all three, really. I think that, you know, there is a speed advantage for Canada. So the U.S. is going to have to find a way to slow that down. Certainly, they got to clog up the neutral zone. They can't allow transition to beat them, which has been, you know, that that's, can be a problem against a team like Canada. You go back to the the first preliminary round game and. Canada was badly outshot in that game. Now they were playing on the second half of a back-to-back, -back, but they also finished their chances where the U.S. didn't. And the other thing that you have to do against Canada is protect the net front. And Alex Cavallini more than likely getting the start tonight. Um, you know that's that's instead. Maddie Rooney got the start in the preliminary round game. Cavallini's been waiting a long time for this. She was on the team in 2018, didn't get into any action, um, so you know kind of stuck it out and is being rewarded with the opportunity. And she and Anne Renee Debian, the goaltender for for Canada. We're actually teammates at the University of Wisconsin. So, you know, this is a pretty unique kind of environment where you've got two goalies that were at one point on the same college team. And that's another reason to go support women's college hockey because all a lot of these players are, are playing there. But but I think it's, it's all going to come down to that net front play. The U.S. has not generated enough rebound opportunities. And against a goaltender against like Davian, who doesn't give up a lot of rebounds to begin with, you got to take advantage of those chances when they come. So I think this game is going to kind of be one between the face-off dots and below the face-off dots. Uh, but but certainly that speed factor that Canada, that could be a difference maker. 
Chris, when you look at the mental approach to this game for Team USA, it, it's not just going up against a fantastic Canadian team, but also really how the way the preliminary round game played out. You mentioned the shots, 53-27. The U.S. really overwhelmed Canada through their best punch, and yet when push came to shove, Canada had a response. How do you think Team USA managed that, manages that approach now heading into the gold medal game as decided underdogs? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to almost take the same approach and say, all right, well, we didn't we didn't we didn't finish, but we we know that we can really control the puck. And if you can control the puck against this Canadian team, which is not easy to do, you're going to have an opportunity to to win the game. And and certainly both teams are playing on the same amount of rest. There is really no decisive advantage here one way or the other. Canada gets the last change. So, you know, some line matching and, and potential there. But, but I think for the, the American perspective, and just in terms of the mental attitude, is that you know for so many years, USA at, at various levels, at the women's under 18s, at, at the women's world championship, they had kind of built up momentum and, and it started winning these games more consistently. And so you have to have that mentality where you can't get sucked into the mystique of Canada, which is, you know, this is a team that they're, they're big, they're bad, they're, they're fast. You, you know, if you allow that to play into your, your attitude, that's going to really, you know, mess with you. So I think it's going to come down to the veteran players for Team USA. It's about Hillary Knight, who's been their leading scorer this year. Kendall Coyne, Schofield, the captain, um, Alex Cavallini and Nett, and then on the blue line, Lee Steckline, who played over 27 minutes in the two elimination games where the U.S. actually was tested a bit by the Czech, by Czechia and by Finland. So those veteran players, it's all up to them to really calm things down, allow the young players, empower the young players to play their style like like Abby Murphy, who's so physical, Abby Rock, who can can get the the puck down low and win a lot of battles, and has been excellent at the faceoff dot. You know, make sure that they're given the confidence to to that that they can compete at this level and that they can find a way. But I, I think that this one it's going to be tight. But I also think that U.S. has to have almost a perfect game to beat this Canadian team because what we've seen all the way up to this point is Canada has been absolutely rolling over their opponents. It's like they used these last four years and let everything simmer beneath the surface and allowed it to explode in Beijing. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So I can't wait for the final. It's always great. The last two went to overtime um, or a shootout. So we know this one is going to be an absolute battle. Can't wait. Puck Drop is at 11 p.m. Eastern time. You can find it on NBC or CBC if you're in Canada. And you can read Chris's recap early Thursday morning on dailyfaceoff.com with all of his thoughts on the big gold medal game. If you're like me and don't want to cook or if you want to relax before the big game tonight, DoorDash has your favorites delivered right to your door. You see the promo codes at the bottom of your screen, D-F-O-D-D if you're in Canada or D-F-O-D-D-U-S. That gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. Thanks to Chris. This has been another edition of The Next Wave delivered by DoorDash. Fantastic stuff as always with uh, Chris Peters and he'll be back a little bit later on this week to talk about the men's side as they head into their medal round over the weekend or get closer to the end of their medal round on the weekend. Let's get into our daily faceoff inbox question though, Frank. Hashtag ask DFO and this one comes from at 14 Suzuki 14 who I'm guessing is a Habs fan who says hashtag ask DFO. What's the possibility? Yeah, maybe. Hey, what's the possibility of Arturi Lekkanen 
traded by the deadline. Frank, we've talked about Lekkonen a few times. What's your answer? Yeah, we've talked a lot about Arturi Lekkonen and really teams being on the prowl for players that uh, sort of fit the Blake Coleman, Barkley Goodrow vibe. Like that is really all the rage at the deadline. There's so much. It's such a copycat league. We've talked about that. And I think Lekkonen fits that build perfectly. He's a player that does just about everything right on the ice. The only thing that you could want a little bit more is some of the offensive production, but it's not going to come at the expense of the way that he plays in his own end, the way that he grinds and the way that he works. The thing is, as much as we've heard talk about Arturi Lekkonen and teams that are interested, the Montreal Canadiens also really like him as well. I'm told the early report from Kent Hughes in his first number of weeks as general manager is that he believes that Arturi Lekkonen could be one of the pieces that the Canadians help build around moving forward. Suzuki, as you see in the handle, another name that's certainly part of that core as well. Uh, so if the Montreal Canadiens are going to move Arturi Lekkonen, it's going to be for a high price. Uh, I would say it's probably leaning more towards the Canadians keeping him at this point, 60-40, but we'll see how things shape up over the next four-plus weeks. Yeah, you certainly wonder if as we get closer to the deadline, if one of these contenders maybe misses out on a few other targets, if they maybe just blow Montreal's socks off with an offer and that changes things. But it'll be interesting, one of those names, like you said, that fits that Blake Coleman mode. Yourself and Jason Greger had a fantastic conversation about that on Monday's episode of the DFO Rundown. Transitioning now into our daily bets segment, Frank, where one for one last night. So not bad. We hit the over in Buffalo, New York. Didn't get an Andre Burakovsky assist, but I'll take it. I was 2-0 the night before, so, you know, whatever. Uh, let's get into it, though, courtesy of our friends at PointsBet. Tonight, starting with only one play from the NHL, actually. It's the only one I like, and it's Calgary on that puck line. Earlier this morning, that line was plus 130. It's now down to plus 120, so jump on it if you can. The Flames have won seven in a row, and yes, they played last night, but it was on home ice, and it was a relatively stress-free win, taking down the Blue Jackets by a score of 6-2. to two. And also, they started Daniel Vladar in that one, so they're getting Jacob Markstrom tonight. And he's only allowed nine goals in his last five starts. He's been red hot as of late, like he has for most of the season. Anaheim, on the other hand, 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. And they've been a pretty average road team this year. So I have no problem playing the red hot Calgary Flames on the puck line at plus 120. And next up, it is the gold medal game between Canada and Team USA. As you can see, Canada, big time favorites in this one, minus 225. I was interested in them on the puck line at plus 140, but... What do we know about this gold medal game between these two teams? It is always tight, but it's also always low scoring as well. The under has hit in the last three gold medal games at the Olympics on the women's side. So I am taking a little parlay that PointsBet is offering. It's a Canada win and under six and a half goals at minus 125. I think we get the under and I do think my Canadians are going to win the gold medal. So it's Canada in the under on a parlay at minus 125 and the flames on the puck line. Frank, those are my two plays. Yeah, I like that parlay a lot. It makes uh, sense. Uh, you know, the only thing that makes me a little nervous is just that 4-2 in the preliminary ground, six goals, not a lot of wiggle room there. Not a lot of wiggle room. And you always worry in these big games as well. Like if Canada were to be up 4-2 late, the Americans are pulling their goalie in that situation, right? And going all out. So you wonder if an empty netter could hurt you a little bit on taking the under. But I do think like the last three, it's, it was 3-2 in 2018, 3-2 in 2014, and 2 nothing in 2010. I just think it's going to be so tight checking with not a lot of room to breathe that the under is all right. Uh, let's get into our garbage time today, Frank. And there was actually a couple of moments that caught our attention from uh, around the internet. So why don't you go first? 
Yeah, Dear Dowdy in his uh, speech uh, <laughs> being honored at Crypto.com Arena for his 1,000th career NHL game, all with the Los Angeles Kings. And the clip is just outstanding. He at one point thanks uh, the Oilers saying like, hey, thanks for sitting through this. I know this sucks. We'll get out there eventually. And then he's like, I oh, hope we get the win. So uh, just well done by Drew Dowdy, a guy never uh, afraid to speak his mind. Uh, here you go. You can listen in. My family, love you guys so much. Uh, wouldn't be here without you. Uh, to my teammates, I love you guys. All my coaches, uh, the whole organization. Uh, thank you so much. I, like I said, I love you guys. Um, who else? To Edmonton, thanks for going through this. I know it sucks watching it, but uh, we'll get out there in a sec. Um, and anyone else? Obviously, the fans. I mean, you guys are amazing. Couldn't do it without you. And yeah, that's all I got. Thank you guys. And uh, yeah, let's get a win. Drew Doughty, almost never at a loss for words, sort of at a loss for words with a mic at center ice. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, the one I got is Olympic related as well. And Miro Shatan posting a great video. Obviously, he's very involved with Slovakian hockey. They beat the U.S. today. I think this is so good. I mean, the kids just going absolutely nuts at the early morning practice. My favorite is the taller player in the white there at first looking around being like, what is everyone doing? And then you see him coming here, throwing his gloves up with everyone. Uh, it was just really cool. I mean, over here in North America, frankly, the NHL players don't go. We all kind of like, you know, check out a little bit. We're not too invested. But this tournament is still a massive deal for people like this. And I think this was just a really cool reminder of what this can mean. Like, I'm sure this is a moment those kids are going to remember forever. Check out. Nicely done. Uh, nice pun there with the uh, Slovakia rival there. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a reminder. Like they're halting practice to watch this. Like this means something, yeah. especially to the countries that haven't had as much success on the international stage to beat a sort of, you know, power in the hockey world in the US. It definitely means something to that group. And Slovakia, which is also getting their program back on the map after quite a few down years. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about that men's tournament, like I said earlier, with Chris Peters coming up on Friday's edition of the show. But that's going to be a wrap for the Wednesday edition of the show. For Frank, our technical producer, Alex, and Pally Remchuk, keep it locked on Daily Faceoff in the meantime, but we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.